Hello, I'm Sarah Connolly and today I'm doing a podcast that I'm really happy about because it unites two of the things I love best, cycling and photography. Uh, when I started watching Cyclocross, I fell in love with the photos of Ballant Hambas. They were beautiful kind of art shots of sport, very atmospheric, very gorgeous. And you've probably seen Ballant in other people's photos of this giant tall man with a beard and yellow waders lying in the mud to get that best shot. Um, Ballant, how are you? <laughs> All right. How are you, Sarah? I am good. Well, you're well into the 2015-16 season. Yes. How's yes, it yes. going? Um, it's good. It's um, it's getting proper proper winter, proper cyclocross weather. The first couple of races are a bit like late. You know, we had a we had a quite warm autumn. Three, I think Cockside was the the turning point where you know the the, the aforementioned waders and and all the proper. <laughs> I think it was like four or five degrees and it was raining. So <laughs> like I had to get everything out from the cupboard to uh, <laughs> keep me warm and dry. But it was, yeah, you know, in the last five years, I think I've kind of fine tuned what I need to, to stay warm and, you know, keep everything dry. So, um, so yeah, it was, that, that was the turning point. But it's, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, for people who don't know what cyclocross is, it's a kind of cycle sport that's mostly Belgium that happens in other places as well. That's about, well, you generally rock up at a race, have four or five races on the day of between 40 minutes and an hour of people charging around a track that may have mud, sand, woods, and always, always terrible weather. I mean, <laughs> how did you get into cyclocross? Um, the funny thing is that up until 2008, I hadn't known that it existed, but it's just, <laughs> it was completely off my radar. I was like, uh, really into mountain biking. And, um, at the time I was still living in Hungary and I was racing mountain, obviously very badly, but I was racing <laughs> kind of mountain bikes and even road cycling. I thought that was just like stupid people. <laughs> and at one point I, I can't really, I don't really know why but I was like okay so I, I kind of knew off cyclocross but it's like I never really kind of bothered to to find out more and uh, in 2008 one of the, uh, the World Cup races were held in Tabor in the Czech Republic which mm-hmm. is probably a five five six hour drive from uh, from Hungary so I was like okay this is kind of not too you know I could, could just drive there have a night you know make it into a nice nice long weekend so I did that and we we drove up and and after the day, I was like, "Whoa, this is <laughs> this is awesome. This is this is like brilliant." I was just like completely falling in love with the sport, like kind of love at first sight. And uh, even though it wasn't like proper cross weather, it was really cold, but a sunny day. But it was just so intense, and all the different races, and you could see quite a lot from any given point. And it was just like very kind of overwhelmingly awesome. And I was like, <laughs> "Wow, this! I wow." <laughs> And then um, later that winter, I moved to London, and then I realised that the the Roubaix round of the World Cup, which was like really close, mm. uh, I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to go there. And then and then there was the World Championships, and also in Hogenheide, which is you know not too far from um, from London. So so I went there as well, and that that was it. I knew that you know this is something that I wanted to kind of get involved involved with. Yeah, and were you a professional photographer at the time, or I mean, no? I- no, I used to, in my previous life. I used to used to work uh, at a media agency, and I was big fish in a kind of small pond. I was <laughs> running this online division of a big media agency in Hungary, so that was completely completely different from from what I'm doing now yeah and and now you're a full-time photographer aren't you yes. you're like 100 percent that I mean you, you changed was last year your first year no you two went years ago it was it was actually two years ago so um it's been yeah quite some time ago now when you first were starting going to races did you ever think that this would be your like full-time job oh yeah that's, that was I wouldn't say vividly remembered it was like one race back in 2005 uh, I think it's the uh, the mountain bike nationals back in Hungary, and um, I had some kind of a, an injury, so I, I couldn't ride it. Obviously, in the kind of amateurs category, and I, <laughs> if I if I raced on that day, I would I would have fought really hard to finish in the top fifty or something. So it's like <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous. But I, you know, I enjoyed it. It was, it was good fun. I was just thinking about you're a tall man. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, not cut out for it. You haven't got that. <laughs> You're you're not the person that I look at and go. There's a there's a man who's got that classic cyclist cyclist stature. Yeah, I mean the problem is I'm kind of falling in the rift between between cycling and and basketball. So I'm, I'm not. 
I'm not tall enough to be like a proper basketball player or, or you know, like there are those kind of shorter, you know, positions where you can get away with like, you know, if you're not not too tall, but then you have to be like devilishly quick. <laughs> I'm not that. So but I'm too tall and too bulky for uh, for cycling. So I'm just kind of I've always been like the best cyclist among the uh, the basketball player friends <laughs> and always been the best uh, basketball player with the uh, with the cyclist friends. But it's just, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, you're a talented photographer. It and... just wasn't meant to be, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I went to went to this race, and I because I couldn't race, I just yeah picked up my camera um, and I kind of started taking photos. Like, wow, this is this is really good fun. And then something kind of clicked, and I was like, okay, so this is this is cool. So I went went to a few races later in that season, and I had known that I I wasn't going to kind of stay in this whole media thing forever it was just not kind of not for me but I didn't really know anything you know I I didn't know what else I could do I was like okay I'm going to be a cycling photographer <laughs> and I had no idea how I was going to do that this was back in Hungary cycling is a, this is a really really tiny sport there <laughs> so I had no idea how, how it was going to happen I just knew that this is what I wanted to do and then whenever I was presented with a choice I was just trying to move into the direction that kind of took me closer to to being a you know a, a full-time photographer and you know I was trying to get better and better and better and yeah here I am yeah what interested me when I first saw your photos is you it felt like you were bringing more of an art aesthetic to mm-hmm. sports photography I mean you know I'm 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 slightly rude about there's a standard of bike cycling photography where everything Mm -hmm. looks the same it's on a very long lens you know um it's the same shot just with a different person with their arms in the air you know Mm -hmm. pain face lots and lots and lots of pictures of riders looking exactly the same but you bought something really gorgeous like some of your lights some of the way you capture the lights Mm -hmm. how did you how did you learn all of that um lots of trial and error it's quite quite interesting because i'm last year i started to move I used to use Aperture and and then Apple stopped kind of supporting Aperture mm. and I had to move all my stuff to Lightroom and it, it's taking me ages but kind of finally getting to the end of it. And also it started to back everything up in the cloud and uh, in the cloud as well. So long story short, I'm kind of going through all photos and we're talking about like 2009, 2010, 11. And I'm just shocked at the quality. Like uh, <laughs> I, th- I remember at the time I thought I was like, wow, I'm I'm good this is like yeah this is working out really well and looking back it's like no it wasn't it's just kind of okay stuff there are a few like really good shots but it's just a kind of a numbers game but yeah um I think it's you know just look at lots of stuff what other people do one thing that I've kind of found useful to do is just trying to copy people try to figure out how they're doing what they do and then move on, kind of yeah. just ingest what they what you've learned from it, and and then you for a while you kind of your stuff might look like what their stuff looks like, but then you find your own. If you do it enough, you're going to get bored, and you find your own kind of voice and your own style, or or just just move on and you know just just try a lot of different things, and then then finally kind of arrive somewhere that 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 you feel comfortable with. The sad part is that as I said you know I always at any given moment you think you're like or I thought I was really good and you know I I can't really get that you know that much better and then you look back it's like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) what what was I thinking (laughs) but you're famously hard on yourself I mean I think one of the things that makes me really love your site cyclephotos.co.uk is you have those a little bit of description about how the day went for you what you liked Mm -hmm. what you didn't like and it's interesting because sometimes you'll say something like oh you know it wasn't very successful but these are the pictures I got and I'm like oh my god they're wonderful you know and it's it's I I I feel get the impression that you're always pushing yourself yeah I mean the thing is uh, this is this is this is one of the kind of one of the things that I I I hadn't thought about when I started shooting cross was that the races, 80% of the races are the same. I mean, the race venues are the same year mm, on year. Mm, on mm. year. So I've shot Coxide, um, I think, six times or seven times. I can't remember. And it's getting, and, and they don't really change the courses. So 
and because my site is there and you can see what I've done in the last, you know, five times. So, and obviously people, most of the people I, I, I don't think goes, you know, go back and check like, okay, so he did this angle and they did, he did this <laughs> corner. Oh, very lazy. He's doing it again. <laughs> but, but I, I know, and that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's just, there are just you know, not enough new angles and and that's that, that's when I get frustrated and and you know like there's there's Koppenberg uh or actually Coxider so Coxider is a good example because mm. I'm so bored of that long sandy stretch it's you know it's impressive and it's it's very demanding and it's hard and it, you know it, that's what defines the Coxider course mm. but I've just I've done it so many times and there's like not many not that many angles that you can shoot it from so I I probably I took one or two photos last two or three weeks ago and then I was just wandering to other parts of the course and then one of the uh, one of the magazines uh got in touch uh, like a week later it's like uh do you have anything like you know kind of anything shot with like Sven Nays, uh on that sandy stretch it's like no I've got you know a couple of like, really good shots of him but not that sandy stretch it's mm. like well okay uh, so <laughs> it, mm. it it can be quite quite tricky, you know. Like or Koppenberg, if you haven't shot the uh, you know that famous um, the cobbled hill, beer, yeah. Have you shot Koppenberg? <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, there are. I think quite often these this is the you know the source of frustration, um, and sometimes I can't remember which race it was. It uh, a few weeks ago there was a race where. On the day, I felt like oh, I've got nothing, and I I went through the photos like, oh, actually, this is not too bad, and people like somehow ended up like loving a lot of the stuff. So sometimes, just yeah, <laughs> sometimes we have good days, sometimes we have bad days. I mean, how much pressure is there when websites you go onto a website's gallery and they've got like six or seven pictures in a row of different riders in the same position because they don't care that it's mm-hmm. that it's not different. And obviously, everyone wants the finish line shot. Do you feel mm-hmm. pressure about that, or or do you not, or do you just think, actually, I don't care. I'll just do, I'll just do my own thing. The thing is, when you, when you, again, when you set out and you're 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 a beginner and you you don't have clients and you have you have precious freedom that later on you kind of yearn for because because you know you have clients, you have teams, you have to you have riders, you have to keep an eye on, so you have to make sure that you've got those riders. So it's kind of a balancing act between keeping the clients happy, getting the shots of the, the important riders, uh, giving them a bit of variety. It means I have to run back to the finish line and get the finish line shot because if you know our rider wins, then I have to have a shot of that. Mm. But equally, I have to squeeze in time uh, for um, kind of extracurricular stuff and you know the interesting bits. And for example, I, when I sit in a corner. I take, you know, take a photo of most of the people who go past who are who are interesting for me because it's, a, you know, it's a client's rider or um, or it's, you know, it's interesting because a magazine might be interested in that photo or, or it's just, yeah. Um, but but if you go to my blog and if you if you go through the photos, it's very rare, if ever uh, it happens that I publish the same photo from the same spot in, mm. in any given race. So um, even even though I, if I took like I don't know thirty photos in 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 a given spot, you're only going to see one one of those thirty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I guess your clients get different get a different edit, don't they? A different yes, and, and you know my 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 clients might get you know five photos because you know five of their riders went part. You know I, I took photos of five of their riders, and then they they decide they they need x rider or y rider because they you know want to use that for whatever reason so mm. but from a kind of i don't i don't want to say artistic but like you know from a creative point of view when i when i present my shots on my side it's, it's i try to kind of minimize repetition yeah yeah so you have your website you have the kind of work that you're producing for clients you have your website yeah. and then you started publishing the cyclocross photo album which i think yeah. is such a clever thing to do i mean <laughs> cyclocross it's improved for the tv we can see a lot more of it these days um, mm-hmm. and we can find races on youtube a lot more easily but there's just something beautiful about having a coffee table book that has the story of the year i mean mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about how that came about 
Um, I was inspired by a friend of mine who's a rally photographer back in 2009. We were chatting and he, he's been producing those books for, um, I don't know, 10 years now, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's quite a few, quite a few years. And he was like, why, why don't you do something like that? Uh, with your, your thing. And I was like, okay, that, I'm sure that could work. So I pulled together my first book, which was in about the 2009, 2010, uh, cross season world cup season at the time because it was so so new and so green i i had assumed that it's it's all about the world cups just like in mountain biking mm. <laughs> i knew nothing i knew i knew nothing about the super prestige and the bay post and or, or back back in the day it was like gva and uh so i was just i was just doing the uh the world cup races and i i remember i did that was like i think there were like nine or ten um rounds of the world cup and I felt like I was traveling all the time. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, long story short, I, did, I, I produced a, a little book. It was, it was kind of fairly small. It was um, um, soft cover. And I was like, I, at the time, obviously, I was very, very proud of it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is good stuff. Looking back, it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of a first, first baby step. And then uh, I skipped the 2010-11 season and I got, came back um, in 11 12 and I, I thought okay let's let's kind of do the same thing but a step up and mind you i i i sold probably a quarter of the uh quarter of the copies uh of the first book so i still had like i don't know probably two or three hundred copies sitting in my flat but i was like oh, never mind just let's let's do another one it's, it's going to be better and it's going to be selling like you know hot cakes and of course it didn't it always the, the funny thing was that it always sold enough copies that I, it kind of kept me going and I was just I quite enjoyed the, the process and and people were really people who bought the book they were really kind of happy with it and I got kind of good reviews and it was just like it, it seemed like a good kind of way to a um, good thing to do and 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 originally the idea was that I would sell enough books that that could fund you know the next season the traveling costs but then I started to have clients it was like okay I don't really <laughs> need the book but I just really enjoyed kind of having having this kind of chronicle of the season in my hand at the end of the year so mm. it, in a sense it, it it kind of was or is a I wouldn't call it the vanity project but it's just something that I, I really enjoy kind of having and putting together and um, last year was really good because that was the first time that the book sold out in the year of publication and uh, all the other backup copies so I up until last November I had like tons of copies from from all the previous previous editions and then somehow magically everything disappeared by the middle of December so uh, I was like okay let's do let's do another one uh, because I was I was ready to pull the plug and mm-hmm. then um, so I did the did the, did the, other, the you know the latest one the 14 15 <laughs> Which is very <laughs> surprising. It doesn't go that well. It's, I'm really surprised that it's 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 a lot slower than it was last year. So um, I don't know. I, I, I think the, the the irony is that this is I think this is the best best one so far, both in terms of like design, uh, the, the the quality of the photos, the writing, the the, the, the kind of articles uh, and essays that that are in there. So. But I know it will sell through eventually, so it's just a bit of a yeah. um, probably a slow start. Um, Milton Keynes, the World Cup is is kind of sorely missing. That was a big point for me last year because mm-hmm. uh, Simon Burney was kind enough to kind of do a barter with me, so I had a little stand there, and um, I sold an awful lot of books there. So that was big for me. This year I went to Cross Vegas, mm-hmm. and I sold I don't know fifteen copies. I was like. <laughs> So, yeah, you never know, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes next year. Yeah, and of course, you've got your people can buy it for a Christmas present. It's twenty nine ninety nine. It ships all over the world and Thank it's you. on your site, cyclephotos.co.uk slash shop. I recommend it. I mean, it's it, you've got writing from my friend Cara Cardinales in there, mm-hmm. which Caroline is the person who got me into cyclocross in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I love, I love your book. I love your book, Balance. <laughs> But Thank do, you. But do you think it gives? I mean, I was going to ask you how you get your clients, but when you go onto your website, you can see that you're not just taking photos; you're also kind of, kind of mythologizing, if that's a nice word for it, the sport, and you're also recording it. And I kind of feel like maybe the fact that you do have this book and it's a beautiful book and it adds, you know, just gives you a little bit more cachet 
than the average person with a DSLR who can rock up at races, you know? How, what do you mean by mythologizing? I'm, well, you tell the way that you tell the story, you present the story of the race, you know, oh, this was awful weather and the riders were struggling and it was cold and it was miserable, but, you know, they really fought. They, You know, you kind of, you're not just taking the photos of it, you're kind of presenting a, a little... I don't know. Each race seems different when I look through mm-hmm. your when I look through your site, and each race kind of has a romant. Maybe it's romanticizing mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. It, rather than just you know rather than just the you know typical cycling website gallery <laughs> where you know you look for a picture of your favorite rider and she looks exactly the same as the mm-hmm. next rider, but her kit's different. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing is, I, I, I when you when you start taking photos of, of bicycles or run those sports or maybe it was just my the way I kind of evolved. But first I was like really happy that I got shots like sharp and in center and like working pose. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's, it's no, hard. no, it's I mean, hard, they're, and especially they're, they're fast. very fast. They're, and this is the thing: it's very fast. It's a lap course. You're you're waiting for them to come past you, and anything can happen if you don't get that shot at the right time. It can, you know. It's a it's a different thing, isn't it? Yeah, and you can't really ask them. Okay, that was that was really good. But if you could go back a bit and then just do that, but lean a bit more into the corner, that would be like really cool. <laughs> um, so, but when you first, you know, you get your shots like I don't know sharp and in focus and whatnot, and 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 you're really happy with it, and then you just kind of just like, ah, this is good. I'm 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 good. Um, but then you have lots of samey shots of of you know of, of riders so due to the limitation of 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 online i started to started to shoot everything uh horizontally um and quite often shooting vertically is a bit easier and you you get like the depth you don't really have to think about the background you just you know you have the ride there with not very much background and it's it's kind of all good and easy and uh and then i started to shoot more and more um uh horizontal and, and now if you like I just I just never shoot uh, kind of portrait orientation, uh, but you always have to think about the background and the backdrop. And so once you're kind of happy with like yes, I can I can take sharp and sharp photos, then you kind of start to think about composition, and then you you reach a point where you master the um, the whole kind of action angle, and you can take the best action photos in the world. And I can't remember who told me this but i was sitting down with like a really good i can't remember who it was but we were sitting i was like he said yeah this is really great action shots but i just i kind of missed the i don't see anything about you know the race the atmosphere the people the you know what what was happening there and and then i started to make a conscious effort to do more than just the action to kind of take a step back and like look at the faces and look at funny textures or a or a or a flag in the in the sand or you know just all these little kind of bits and bobs that um could help people who you know who weren't there to to have some kind of an idea what the, what the race was like and uh maybe that's the you know that's one of the things that separates me from you know um, an average cycling news gallery <laughs> yeah i wasn't going to name any names but fellow news for me <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i mean I, I was looking at your pictures earlier and i think the mm-hmm. one that there's one that i love and it's on that koch cider long stretch mm-hmm. and it's daphne vanden brand up at the front with mariana voss she's yeah, riding yeah, mariana's yeah. running and and you've got that depth of field down and it's an early picture and then I think there's another one you've got of Daphne where she's where she's got the rain coming down in front of her face and she's just looking really, really focused. But you can sell, you know, this as an image, it tells a story to me, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's the, my kind of classic balance. I, mm-hmm. I think about your depth of field. I think about your amazing ability not to hammer up the saturation. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the like problems of cycling. Some some cycling photographers have that problem, don't they? Of like slap up the contrast a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> the, the the problem is that I don't really know for Photoshop. I mean, <laughs> I, don't I, learn, I, don't learn. It's brilliant as it is. <laughs> I do, but like you know, I'm I'm not not a master, and um, I. The whole kind of post processing for me is is a is a pain in the backside in the sense that um, how do you achieve a look that is 
kind of natural but then again what is natural yeah 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 uh, and especially what, in, in photography nothing's natural is it it's yeah. all everything is everything so how is... do you achieve like how, how how do you achieve a, a consistent look that is not too much but kind of slightly um, have some have, have like a distinctive style so i don't know that's that's obviously the eye of the beholder but um yeah it's not easy <laughs> so when you rock up at a cycle a cyclocross race, can you just mm-hmm. talk us quickly through, like how you what what you bring, how your mm-hmm. day goes, and how you actually run it? How you know how you run the race for yourself? It's it's quite funny that you ask because I was just chatting to someone uh, two weeks ago, uh, and I just remembered my first season when I was doing the World Cups and. I was really cute because I was I would go there. Workups, I mean, if you do workups, just the workups, you just um, you you go there like a day, or I used to go there like a day before and like get a course map. And so uh, nowadays, obviously, it's not the case. You just go there on the day and you know, it's easy. <laughs> um, but I, so I used to go there and get like a course map, and then I would just I would I would walk the whole course, and then I would like you know cross the bits that I wanted to shoot and then I would measure the time it takes from to get from one place to another so to figure out you know how many places I could cover and I had a little plan that okay in the first lap I'll be here but in the second lap I'm going to go there and then I was I was really really organized and, um, I, I, I know I know uh it's very cute looking back now it's just I mean I've I've done like 100 and almost 150 like you know c1 or world cup race in the last mm. five years so i was just i just rock up and like <laughs> I, sometimes I you get there late <laughs> and, I, and i know i'm gonna get something so um i don't i don't plan i don't even look at the, the course map anymore to be very honest with you um because the, the, the other thing is these course maps are so convoluted like you there's no way you could you could understand or maybe maybe uh, again maybe i'm just daft and 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 i'm not good with these course maps but i can never make sense of the, the course maps like okay when you know this is this is the early part of the course or the late part of the course so i, I just have to be there you just that's why if if it's a new race you go there like for the juniors race so a you have photos of the next one that is um or not like you know i i i go through now all the photos and i i i've got photos of like about fanard being like super young and and you don't really see them you know day after day you see them like every week and you, you, you they don't change but if you if you look back and you know like Wout fanard even just two or three years ago and he was but he was just like a kid and now yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. he's a, He's a young adult, and it's 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 just fascinating. <laughs> They're but growing you, up in front of your eyes. They, they grow up so fast, <laughs> and, and um, soon it'll be their children coming to race. <laughs> <laughs> but you just you know, so I just I just go there early, um, shoot the juniors race, and you kind of get get familiar, become familiar with the uh, with the course, and then by the time the elite men kind of start their race and elite women, you more or less know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. and um so it's 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 quite quite a relaxed affair yeah yeah and what kit do you take with you it's it's quite interesting that i was um during the, uh, the world championships in richmond teamed up with uh christopher Mayne, another excellent photographer and we were just chatting that we it would be very presumptuous to say we got famous but like we got known by using flash quite extensively mm. And somehow in the last year and a half, two years, we've both, incidentally at the same time, started to leave that behind. And now, now I don't remember, well, I, I kind of, I can probably look, look up in the book, but I think last last season I used the flashes probably twice. Mm-hmm. And last season I kind of, even though I was barely using them, but every, every race I just had the flashes with me and this season nothing. So um, I kind of completely abandoned the, the flash the flashes from my from my arsenal so i've got yeah i've just got two bodies um one of them is a, a, a 1d a canon 1d mark 4 mm-hmm. and the other one is a, a 5d mark 3 on the uh the the, uh, the 1d i have a 7200 f 2.8 it's a lens that has been with me since 2007 so that's that's that there's a lesson there buy an expensive lens it yeah. will stay with you for a very long time it's you know they're not going to bring out like radically 
better lenses. Uh, so you invest money and that will save it you for a long time. And um, another one of my um, kind of new, newish developments is that last year I started to get fascinated by 50 millimeter. I was going to ask you that because I adore taking my 50 mil to bike races. I mean, I'm nowhere mm-hmm. near your standard, but I love my 50 mil and I love my 35 mil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I can't and it upsets me to take a lens with a zoom to a bike race now even, <laughs> even though I miss so many photos I just mm-hmm. you know the ones that work just make me happy so I got the 5d which is full frame I got the 5d last I think last November and I started to experiment with using the 2470 uh at like 50 50 millimeter and then I, I did that for a couple of months and I was like, okay, I, I, I quite like this. Uh, so I bought like a cheap, Canon has three 50 millimeter lenses. Yeah. There's the, the, the super cheap, the, uh, the hundred pound one, or yeah. maybe, maybe not even that much. 80 pounds. I just, I just bought a new one because uh, yeah. I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford <laughs> I mean, expensive one. They are like that. They, you know, they, they are disposable. Yeah. Uh, kind of, okay. Like really bad bit of quality. Um, kind of the, the the quality is kind of okay but it's a really good like learning lens so really good to kind of start with then there is a step up the um the 1.4 which is um the build quality is slightly better uh the autofocus is still rubbish um and it's it's a step up but it's still not that good but for the, for the amount of money which is, I think, what well, I bought it secondhand for like 160 pounds, 170 pounds. It's it's a really, really good good deal. Uh, the problem was that when <laughs> when it died on me, I went to went to my camera shop. It's like, so how much did I fix it? It's like, yeah, 150 pounds plus plus parts. It's like, oh, sorry, plus labour. It's like, hmm, okay, uh, that doesn't make sense. But by that time, I had been kind of using 50 mil for a year. So it's like, okay, I'm going to splash some cash. And I bought the um, the 1.2. Mm. And um, I've been using that very happily since Monday, September. And uh, it's an amazing lens. And that's that's on my 5D all the time. Uh, and there are, there's the uh, 1740 wide-angle lens in my in my kind of pouch uh, mm-hmm. i've got this uh newswear um vest which has four or four or five little pouches that can kind of haul up quite a lot of stuff like including... a fishing vest or something yeah like <laughs> yeah like um, it's more like a it's more like soldiers uh hold yeah extra is that, um... is that the one in the photo where there's a photo of you running down the road <laughs> looking insane <laughs> with Probably. your vest on <laughs> <laughs> Probably. yeah yeah so there, there's there's a 17, uh, 17 uh, 40 um, in that vest, uh, plus some water, plus some spare batteries, and and that's that's all I that's all I've got really these days. So I I my kind of kit got considerably considerably lighter and 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 simpler. Uh, I still have the uh, the twenty four seventy with me just just in case I know like um, I don't know if if something happens to the uh, the fifty mil, but um, it's just. Yeah, I'm just super happy with that lens. And then maybe, to, to be honest, maybe it's just a phase. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm excited about your photography because you, it was very easy to just, it must be, well, <laughs> <laughs> who can I not name? You know, you, there, are some, there are some very famous cycling photographers who just take the same damn photos every mm-hmm. year, like the same Tour de France, the same sunflowers, the same mm-hmm. suffering on the Up Duez, you know, and it's like, there's literally no development and growth Uh and I feel like I feel like with your stuff that's what keeps me coming back to it is because Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to see something like I know there's going to it might not be every photo but I know I'm going to see something that like just Mm -hmm. tweaks my interest you know what Mm -hmm. I mean in in a way that's not just about oh I really like Sven Nace I really like Mariana Voss that's a Mm -hmm. good photo Mm -hmm. of them I'm going to see something that makes me go wow I really want to go to a race (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um to be very honest with you, uh, I've when I was a, 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 an angry young man, I was like, ah, these these old you know old photographers, they do the same shot year after year after year. But if you think about it, to do to do this like for thirty years, uh, even though if you enjoy doing this, it must be quite hard to constantly strive to get better and um, um, you know like 
for me, like crosses, like I still love it so much, but it's just so hard to to do something new for me and to not to do what I did last year and try not to go to the same uh, same corner or the same stretch of the course. So I can see how you kind of burn out and get into this get into the habit of maybe I'm just growing old and uh, complacent (laughs) well I think though but playing with a new lens for example is one way to do is one way to get Mm -hmm. around this I mean do you feel like there's going to be an end date for you in cyclocross that you'll get to a point where actually that's it I can't take another picture of Hamazoga um, or I can't take another picture of Coppenberg cross without Mm -hmm. without just like punching myself in the throat you know is, is that do you think that will happen uh, that's a very good question. I mean, um, I don't know. Probably two years ago, I would say no, never. Um, now I'm. What I would love to do is for the world to stop and have a year when there's no cross season, because <laughs> it would be great to take a break and just you know for a year, don't even think about cross. But I know that I would be like just go bonkers if I was here in London, <laughs> and they would be over there and racing. So. And I'm sure at one point, you know, it will, you know, the time will come if I, you know, I know we're going to have kids, then, you know, that's going to change things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you could do an American season or something like that, except the travel's a bit crazy. But uh, The problem is I have this weird kind of compulsive personality. So if it feels like I'm, I'm, you know, failing myself if I don't mm-hmm. do... The, the European season in, no, no, in, no. in its entirety. No, um, I know exactly how you mean because that's the same about my that's the same about my coverage of the women's road season. Mm-hmm. I get to a point twice or three times a year where I'm pushing, you know, I'm having to push through it. So, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm having to make myself do it, and I think to myself, "Well, stop, you know, mm-hmm. stop." Yeah. And then I'm like, "No, but you know, just just one more race, just one more race." And then something like the Giro comes round, and mm-hmm. or something like that, and I kind of get my "Wow, yes, yes, I love this," <laughs> you know, or and it's and it's or I go to a race and I'm like yes yes this is this is this is who I am but it is hard isn't it because you could stop but if you can't but it's also your personality as well the thing I mean the thing is I'm I'm not there yet so I'm still enjoying a lot and even though like driving can be a bit of a faff but especially now in the last three weeks since the uh, the Paris attacks the Mm. channel crossing because you know uh, crossings have been a, a nightmare uh, it's just been taking a lot longer than it used to, but uh, you know, I've, I'm I'm big on audiobooks and and I still really enjoy uh, the actual racing. It's just the, the the things these guys do. It's just phenomenal. Like it's it looking, you know, seeing that from you know that close is just brilliant. So I don't think I'm I'm I, I hope we're going to get kind of bored of that. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and I mean, would you would you and your partner move to move to the Belgium or something like that, or are you or is London? Home? I know. I'm, I'm. I I love Belgium. Um, in Hungary, I used to live in the capital city. I now live in London. I don't think I could live somewhere small. Um, or maybe I could. I don't know. I was just. Um, Okay. It's hard. It's it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a hard thing when you're used to you know when you're used yeah. to capital life <laughs> or big city life at least and yeah yeah, yeah. interesting. <laughs> so this year, obviously, you've done something different because you've covered your first women's road season, road yeah. cycling season, road racing as well as cyclocross. Um, how was that? Um, good fun, but really tiring. I've done 170 four days on the road so far uh wow <laughs> so essentially every other night you know on average i've i've spent somewhere else um so that was <laughs> that was quite taxing but it's really good fun i was um i didn't really know what to expect and um when i went into the season uh and i was like just i don't know uh awestruck by how how awesome women's racing was and how good they were or they are, how good the racing was. It was it was just all a big revelation. And and I mean the thing is it's always like there's a sports and and the more you know about it, the more layers you discover, the more interesting it gets. And as as I kind of dug deeper and deeper, uh, and because I was kind of 
observing it from re- really really close so not even you know from the telly i was, I was literally mm, there mm, and looking mm. and talking to these guys and it's just it's so much so much texture and this just makes it so much more interesting and 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 they are you know incredibly good bike riders uh which i always admire how you know like just good 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 riding is done though i find it amazing because it's so far away from me i'm so <laughs> shit and i just like it, it always yeah it's, uh, it's, it's just always inspiring to see great like you know cyclists you know ride and and um there is something something magical when you you get trying to get through on your motorbike and you're trying to get through the peloton and and there are 100 and, i don't know 150 riders are, are surrounding you and you you never get that close to to a sporting event like you you always watch it from you know from the side of the pitch or you know a few meters away but not like right next to them and and they you know shouting and to each other and they they eat and drink and right next to you and and it's just that is just fascinating it's really 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 exciting so so it was a really really good year um it's hard work like the the, the giro i oh, the giro is a, a hard of... race i think I, I i think about going every year and every year i think i'll have a better experience following us online and watching mm-hmm. the tv <laughs> yeah i mean to be honest with you this is this is the other thing that um you know that harks back to the to the old you know the photographers who don't change year after year i have just no idea how they can survive three weeks Mm. Uh, at the grand tours i mean after 10 days at the giro rosa i was broken i was just so tired <laughs> and uh i was so just fighting for survival every day because it was it was so so demanding i mean obviously that was my first first uh, kind of foray into into stage races but the transfers the uh the hot weather you know to be in the motorbike all day and it's just it was it was it was it was really really hard but but equally you know we've seen beautiful parts of italy and and um i've just seen some 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 amazing things so um it's really good but i just have an awful lot of respect for those guys to do that like three times a year it's just bonkers yeah 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 i mean you, yeah no wonder people are on drugs and that's just the photographers <laughs> Um, I I was wondering. Uh, it must be weird because obviously you've been doing cyclocross for years, and it's quite mm-hmm. a small. It's a small scene, isn't it? Like, and people must get to know you, you know, from mm-hmm. seeing your face day in day out. How was it moving into the women's peloton and kind of having to start, you know, getting relationships with riders and getting them to know who you were and stuff? Was it difficult? Were they? Did it help knowing people like Mariana Voss and Paulina Fran Prevot or? Um, I mean, it did, it, it did have that. You know, there are a few cross riders who, know, who knew me, and uh, so that was that was that was good. Um, also, what I think has was that there are like um, I think everybody kind of knows that I was um, working for SRAM and Specialized. So, mm. so I was uh, kind of introduced to to the Velocio team and the. Um, and Bill Storman's team, so they knew who I was, and you know, the more races you go to, the more more uh, kind of you know friendly they you know become, and mm. and uh, I did kind of various different um, little bits and bobs with different <clears throat> different riders. So so you know, you start to start to form these these relationships, and and um, especially especially like at the Giro where you know we're all in it together yeah. like we we do the same routine every day and and we're all very tired but equally you know it's it's really exciting and i was just you know uh before before it started with uh did a little thing for uh for specialized with megan garnier and and then i think it was after the second stage she she's she was in in pink and oh, i was just like so good it was just really really cool but because i've you know i was sitting through the interview and you know all that backstory and it was just added so much more depth to the whole thing and and i was really rooting for her to to you know keep ping so so yeah it was a really 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 cool it was a really really cool year and 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 i think you know these it's a very kind of approachable scene um you can you can easily talk to everybody so so yeah it was it was good fun yeah 
And what was it like on the motorbike? I mean, those some of the descending is completely lunatic that riders are doing. <laughs> so the background is that I had sat on a motorbike once before this whole kind of women's cycling thing kind of came around. And then last last year before I kind of before I committed to to people uh to say, you know, yes, I'm going to do this, I, I did a trial run with my my motor driver, Chris, and and we did it in he's he's from Belgium, so we did a did a loop around Flanders and we were photographing or I was photographing from the back of back of his bike, uh, just a few um amateur cyclists who were doing a doing a, a doing this loop and I was just kind of following them. And that was that was okay. Uh, I knew kind of it wasn't going to be my favorite thing ever, but it's, it's something you have to do. It's like you know, it's like the dentist where you you have to go. It's it's unless you want um, characters with massive problems, you just yeah, you just get on with it. But the Jira Rosa was a, <laughs> was a tough one. I was really looking forward to the uh, to the last stage, um, the last uh, stage with the long descent, mm. and that was the one that Lucinda Brand won. I think it was the eighth stage because then the ninth was yeah. the TT, and then it was just uphill. Yeah, and that was the last climb, and it was supposed to, and I mean the top of the climb was supposed to be at sixty sixty seven kilometers. And what <laughs> I kind of started to do because I, I really really don't like descending at like race pace. Chris is good. He's he's like he's a super smooth like driver. He could he could he could do it easily. But I'm just I'm just scared. So <laughs> what what I kind of started to do is either to, to stay behind a peloton or get ahead and on the climb like one kilometer to go uh, or two. No, probably one, depending on you know, how steep the climb is. We just go ahead. We start descending and roughly we get to the bottom at the same time. Um, and so that was the plan on that stage. But then, and that, that was the, that was the stage where Lucinda Brand was in the breakaway, and um, and then there was this kind of select group with Megan and and uh, Ashley Mormon Passio and mm, uh, Anna Van der Yeah, so you know, like all the all the top contenders uh, mm. chasing her, and but like two minutes down or something, I can't can't remember. And so we let Lucinda past, and we were waiting for the for the leaders, and then the leaders, you know, this this chasing group, and we. They went past. I jumped back on the motorbike. It's like, okay, we're probably going to catch them like once or twice because we have three more kilometers. <laughs> oh, you and were looking then, at the Giro Roadbook. <laughs> yeah, and then we uh, overtook the uh, the chasers, and then there was like, yeah, this is the end of the end of the uh, the hill, and the descent starts. It's like, fuck, we, we were, you know, we were behind listening to Brandon. It was like, and they were, tra- you know, the uh, um, the chasing group was behind us, so we can't just like glide down here we have to go for it mm, mm. because they can, really... they can descend faster than you can't they and especially in the corners they go they go much, on a bike they go much faster than a motorbike can because good motorbike riders should be able i mean obviously you lose some you lose some um some speed on the uh, in in the corners but then on the longer kind of straight stretches you can you can mm. make up some time or you know but it's just oh, chris is going for it i was I, I knew that we had to because otherwise we'd be overtaken by the uh, by the chasing group. So mm-hmm. uh, that was that was the scariest. I don't know, ten minutes of my life was just. And then we it started to get a bit better. Uh, like we we got to the we were kind of getting closer and closer to the boss. I was like just tank Chris, like just just slow down. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> but it was really close to the bottom, and then then we finally managed to overtake Lucinda. And but I was really happy that 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 was the last. Uh, last kind of stage with descending, and um, yeah, it's just you know I'm 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 not going on a motorbike. Um, maybe next year it's going to be better. Uh, but your photos were great. Yeah, and I think I mean, it was nice following your learning experience as well. Like on your mm-hmm. again, like you're not you're you don't just present the the you know the race the the, mm. the pictures. You present a little bit of your experience, and that was nice to see you learning and mm-hmm. i mean i think i think you said to me at one point that you're really disappointed with a load of your pictures i was like oh my god those are like the best race. <laughs> those are the best <laughs> photos i've ever seen of this race what mm-hmm. are you talking about man you're crazy yeah but you know just uh, I know. Uh, yeah i know i know um so a couple more questions um mm-hmm. 
if you had some advice for a if anyone was like wanting to become a photographer not necessarily in cycling but in something Mm -hmm. niche like this you know because you've pretty much carved your own career out which i love Mm -hmm. i'm always always (laughs) in love with that what what advice would you give to someone about turning a hobby into a career (laughs) um just be persistent um don't give up um don't count on being able to do this in the very near future um Mm. because it might take a long time to to get somewhere um there are different different obviously different paths i i know quite a few photographers who are who 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 kind of had been awesome photographers before they got into cycling photography Mm -hmm. and this is just kind of branching out or trying something new and they don't really have to get better because they are already really good. I wasn't one of them. I was, I, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm really good now. It's just, you know, uh, when I started, I, I knew nothing and, and it took me years and years and years of practice to, to get where I am now. Um, so never assume that you're good. It's, you know, you have assume that you you shit, and then just you know, <laughs> constantly try to try to get better, and just just this, this is what I always do. Just just do it. Just practice, 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 and do more. And what's really d- difficult, and if you can find someone uh, who's willing to give you honest feedback, that's that's gold. Uh, just cling on to that and and harass that person every now and again <laughs> because it's really difficult. Like most people most people will say oh this is awesome or if they don't like your stuff they just ignore it yeah 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 and, and no one wants and no and if you ask for feedback I, I find this I want to ask for feedback what can I improve and people don't people are either horrible except they're generally not because most people don't bother mm-hmm. being horrible but they yeah. don't want to offend you oh no it's fine everything's great you're you're, you're fantastic it's like no yeah. no no tell yeah. me <laughs> tell me tell me tell, tell me how my bum really looks in the <laughs> skirt you know tell me tell me the things that I do that wind you up you know like yeah no I know that's that and I guess I guess if you can when you ask that you also have to be Take willing to yeah. hear the answers don't you and and to, and to like put your ego yeah. aside you, you you can only ask that when you know that you're prepared to yeah. hear the answer I mean obviously if 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 you get give kind of feedback to someone you you don't need to be a dick about it you know but you know it's 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 very useful if you get from someone who knows his stuff you get like really good feedback like yes I you know this is what I would do differently or this is what I think could be done better or this is what I think is just you know wrong or you know you know there's no right or wrong in photography based or you know but but get get good feedback from someone credible or someone uh, good is is gold because it's it's really difficult to yeah. to get yeah and then when you're looking mm-hmm. for clients what do you have any advice about approaching people or i mean i guess the the, the problem one of the problems is is that you know there's only so many bike manufacturers and things mm-hmm. like that aren't there so you know like find out who christoph or who jared mm-hmm. and ashley <laughs> gruber um go and then try and steal their clients <laughs> it's bad advice <laughs> you know what's your advice what, what would you say to people about the thing is yeah i mean as you said it's really world. really difficult because those those companies have haven't a need for uh, for really good photography they probably already contacted ashley or christoph or emily or you know one of those mm. photographers who kind of see things a bit differently um but there was always a company maybe a new company maybe maybe someone just fell out with someone and and looking for a new photographer um but it's it's really it's really 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 tricky and sometimes you think you're you're a perfect match for a brand and because uh, again i don't want to name names but some you know they you you take photos of their riders and and um but they just you know they're just not interested they don't don't invest into into that side of the sports they focus on on no mountain biking say and so so Mm -hmm. cross is just not Mm -hmm. important for them um so yeah. there are a hundred and hundred million reasons why a client might not want to work with you so it's really really hit and miss it's always it always helps if you 
if you're kind of on the radar and people know who you are and if people know that you you moving in that in that space and you yeah i mean having a social you know presence on social media and 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 pushing out good stuff is always a good kind of marketing tool because potential clients start to follow you and they see what you do and then you know you you constantly on their kind of horizon and um yeah do you have a tactic about how you get yourself seen on social media or has it just happened organically because you know you've been around while social media has been exploding um, yeah i think it's just it's kind of organic you just kind of share your stuff and then then um people will pick it up or not no, there's no silver bullet so i guess you know people needs to needs to see that you can do consistently work like for example i do most of the stuff i do i would say 60 percent is like race photography and like my commercial work is not very well kind of publicized by me so most people maybe not even aware of that i do kind of other things other than race photography which is probably something mm-hmm. i should i should work on yeah kind of be visible and uh, and put out stuff that you're proud of and um don't be too don't be too aggressive like i know sometimes people do i find really annoying that you know they you start the conversation and they just chip in and then they start pushing their own stuff and that's just rude so you always have uh, mm. always always be relevant and and only kind of tout your wares when you are when it's appropriate if if that makes sense yeah 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 and i mean i th- i think my top social media tip to anyone is i try and work on a three to one ratio of for every one thing of my own mm. i promote i try and promote three yeah. things of other people yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like like just i mean mm-hmm. i don't count it or i just but just like in general that's my mm-hmm. that's my mm-hmm. approach and i kind of get the feeling with you you're very good at promoting other people too um the, the other thing that in terms of like clients it, it came to my mind is that I still believe that I wasn't completely wrong. Maybe maybe I'm just very stubborn and stupid. But I still believe that the book idea is not necessarily a bad idea. Um, what I'm trying mm. to say is that if you have a, a big enough following and you put something out, whether it's a book or print or a or a or a or a magazine or something that you know enough people buy, then you have, I don't know, a thousand customers. So if you lose a couple, it's not going to be that big of a deal, and you can you can you can kind of self-sustain yeah. yourself by just I don't know doing prints and and just selling prints to your fans. I know you know not many people do that or can afford to do that, but if I lose, God forbid, one of my big clients, that's you know there's there's a big budget big hole in my budget. Uh, um, whereas if you know if I was just solely relying on the books, I'm not there yet, but if you know if that was the case and say I sold, I don't know, 2,000 books and then, you know, next year only, you know, 200 people, you know, peel off, then I still have, you know, you know, so if, if you if you spread the yeah. risk, if you like, yeah. uh, you, yeah, you yeah, might yeah, be better yeah, yeah. off. You have to, you have to have a big following for, you know, to be able to do that. Uh, and, you know, having a big following takes time. But if you put out good stuff, then, you know, that should, that, sh- that should, that should be yeah. achievable. Yeah. So... Very, very quickly, what's been your best experience in this mad life of photography and stuff? Um, I'm, um, I shared it on Facebook. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's the best, but it was it was certainly a quite funny episode. Uh, this like last uh, Saturday, I was I was um, going to Belgium as always, and uh, I was going to the Euro Tunnel and the, the border control, and uh, there was this. Um, chap and I gave him my passport and was looking at my name I was like do you work for Roulette and I was like well kind of I don't, I don't work for Roulette but I, you know I've done work for them I was like oh I know you, you did that thing about Sven Nace in the last issue I was like wow <laughs> yes I did <laughs> like, so, that's um, awesome so that was, but, but then again it, it was it was like I think three years ago um I was waiting on a miserable, miserable morning uh, in January um, for someone at King's Cross. 
uh, and uh, like three of us supposed to go somewhere, and two, uh, one guy was already there and was just waiting. And um, Philip Glowinski came up to me at the time. You know, I I I didn't know who he was, and he just walked up to me and said, like, "Oh, are you you banning from cycle photos?" I was like, uh, "Yes, hello." I was like, "Oh, I love your work," and then he just he just walked away. <laughs> and this guy's looking like, "Wow, I didn't know you were famous." He's like. I, I'm not. <laughs> this is just a, a freak incident. Um, <laughs> just happen to yeah. be with witnesses. <laughs> I mean, but I think um, the best best experience was I know so so many great experiences. Um, but I think I think the Giro was just a really a really really kind of good. That, that was probably the best thing this year or the world championships. I can't quite, that was my first road championships. And, um, and it was, it was, it was really good fun. Uh, kind of both had the similar, similar feel to it in the sense that you were surrounded by the same people doing kind of the same thing all day long, uh, long days, exhausting, but exhilarating. And you just like, you're surrounded by awesome cycling all day every day so um yeah awesome and what, what next what are you doing next year how are you pushing it on because i know you'll always have something well, I mean, to push it on it's, it's going to be roughly the same there's going to be a bit bit of a change uh you know sean robinson from fellow focus yeah fellow focus so yes i do he's I've, excellent i sat down with sean in july after the on the last day of the um the Giro rosa and i was like do you want to work together? And he was like, yeah, sure. Um, and it, was, it was a bit longer conversation, but essentially what we're going to do is we, or we are doing is we're forming a little agency um, and we're going to be working together, covering roughly for him. I mean, for him, it's going to be the same program he did this year. Uh, but for me, it's going to be, um, well, for our new venture um it's going to be well, i'm going to be offering a lot more um races to my clients essentially what i wanted to to share the load with someone was that it's it stops being a one-man show because you know what what if you mm -hmm. know i get sick i'm you know i'm i'm quite lucky in the last five or six years i haven't i haven't missed a single race day due to injury or illness or any kind of misfortune but wow. um you know, what if I, you know, break my leg? What if there is a there is a wedding I need to go to? Um, what if there is a, you know? So it's just it, it, if it's a one man show, I I have no flexibility. I I have to go, or you know, I lose money. Um, yeah. And we, you know, teaming up with Sean, I thought, you know, that that would be, you know, that that I, I felt like two and two could be more than just four in our case, and. I really like his style and I, I trust him and he's a great, great chap. So, um, yeah, he's very easygoing, yeah. very, very good bloke, isn't it? Did you, did you look at Jared and Ashley Gruber working together with, I mean, I think about them at the women's tour where poor Ashley gets to stand mm -hmm. in the pen listening to We Could Be Heroes a <laughs> hundred times, getting the, getting mm -hmm. the standard shots and Jared's out there doing really interesting stuff, kind of like of exhausted riders lying on the uh, floor and I stuff. mean, I think that, that was, that was, that was part of the thing. So what we're going to do is, is, uh, he's going to do half of the, races and i'm going to do the other half so we're not necessarily going to meet an awful lot during the year uh but there yeah. will be some key races where we feel you know we, we we feel we should both of you should be there and and um because it's just so big and so busy and yeah, yeah what you said like you for example at the giro um one of the things I really hated about the Giro is that it took them 45 minutes on most days to get the podium together, which is just ridiculous. Oh, and you're yeah. standing there in the heat um, and you just, you know, you just do nothing for 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, and you know that you're going to have to try and find Wi-Fi yes, and exactly. turn your pictures so, around and, and, and travel for three hours to the next hotel. And, um, and for example, having both of us there, we don't, you know, we don't have, and working together he can he can go and and start you know working on the photos and send send the uh the finish finish shot to you know to the clients immediately and mm -hmm. i can just you know stay stay there and take the uh 
uh, the, the, the podium shots and then you know the next day we can just swap and I don't have to spend 10 days on the motorbike we can yeah so we can share the load and 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 it will just probably make make life a lot easier for both of us um, and and at the same time we can offer a lot stronger product to 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 our clients which sounds a horrible you know corporate speak but it's you know we can we can cover more a lot more with that necessarily either of us working yeah. working more so yeah and also it's nice i love the <laughs> idea of you two working as a as a you know you're not mm-hmm. competing against each other you're working yeah. with each other i think there, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in cycling that's that's frustratingly competitive mm-hmm. you know what i mean like some people seem to take it a little bit too far for me and so the idea of you guys like you know being a cooperative mm-hmm. or being a partnership is is you know that just makes me happy <laughs> you know i'm happy that you're both mm-hmm. great guys and you both do interesting stuff and together i reckon you'll do even better you know you can just like make yeah, it even better well, well thank you um I'm, I'm, it, it looks like it's, it's going to work out quite quite well so um we'll, we'll see we'll see in in march Excellent. So if people want to find you, they can find you on cyclephotos.co.uk as yeah. your website, isn't it? And you're also cyclephotos on Tumblr and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You make things very easy. Congratulations <laughs> on your brilliant branding. I don't do that. And I'll put links to all of that Thank on you. my site, prowomencycling.com. Uh, you're also balanthamvas.com and if anyone wants to see a picture of balance if you go onto site cyclephotos.co.uk look up balance hyphen havlas <laughs> and you'll see what he looks like running down the road it's awesome and if people want to see your other stuff your balance oh yeah i've mm-hmm. just said balanthamvas.com anything else oh they should buy your book definitely definitely buy your book that's cyclephotos.co.uk slash yeah. shop buy the book it's it genuinely if you like photography or you like cycling buy it it's not your standard photo book is it it's got some really interesting writing and storytelling yeah i think visual storytelling and yeah, storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah there are some really good um i mean the thing is the way way i put together the the extra s- stories is what i want to kind of read about or what i would love to you know hear about and um and that's why, for example, there's a there's a, a piece by um, by Bill Sheikin who does the um, uh, CXS website and the Svenness videos, and he he wrote an article about you know much of an important about Van Aert and their kind of rivalry. And uh, there's there's the uh, uh, the article which I really really like because it's so um, visually simply kind of illustrating the difference between the, the earnings of the men and the women. That was done by Dan Seaton. Mm. Um, so there's like lots of interesting stuff in there. I went to went to the Dugas factory um, in the Netherlands, which again a, a company that we don't really know much about, and uh, I I got to go to, got to meet um, the owner and just you know saw how it works. So it's just lots of stuff that kind of I find interesting about cross and just gives a bit more depth about uh, about the whole sport. Hopefully. Yeah, I love it. I love it, and it's and it's beautiful. Thank so you. if you have a cross fan in your life or a photography fan fan in your life, look at it and check out Balance stuff because it's really interesting. And ask him any questions; he's a super friendly <laughs> Thank chap. <you. laughs> Thank you so Thank much you, for your Sarah. time.